1: the romantic comedy genre is a powerful one and all modern rom-coms can trace their roots back to one film when harry met sally this is the story of whether it's possible for men and women to just be friends the film though became a massive hit and would go on to influence countless other movies and tv shows The film genre has also become very lucrative. It's the reason studios will always turn to the rom-com. They're inexpensive to make, have a quick turnaround time, and always make money. Romantic comedies are the seventh highest grossing film genre. That may seem lower down the list, but as of 2021, this genre has made over $10 billion. And most notably, this is based on only 625 films. Compare this to the drama category. Dramas have generated around 35 billion, but that's based on over 5,400 movies. When you break the stats down per movie, rom coms make an average of about 15 million each where, as a drama, averages just $6.5 million per film. Financially, rom-coms are often the better bet. It's not that rom-coms weren't a thing before 1989, it's just that When Harry Met Sally perfected the model. It's a collaborative effort between the great Noor Ephron and Rob Reiner, and almost serves as a biographical film as much of the movie's content comes from their real lives. When Harry Met Sally was a massive critical and commercial hit when it came out in 1989, and the rom-coms you still watch to this day continue to borrow from its perfect execution. It's also a love letter to New York, made Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal even bigger stars, and features a lot of the brilliant improvising of Billy Crystal, which also helped to shape the film. Let's do a quick recap of the movie. Look at how this thing came together and how it solidified the massive genre that is the rom-com. We start in 1977 when a young Sally Albright meets a young, using quotes, Harry Burns. always find it hilarious how Crystal and Ryan are supposed to be college students. Meg Ryan might pass, but Billy Crystal, with his hilarious hair and sideburns, looks more like the school groundskeeper. Ryan has a pretty feathered out Farrah Fawcett hairdo and the idea with her hairstyles was that they would get progressively younger looking as she got older. So Harry was dating one of Sally's friends and both are heading to New York so they decide to share the driving duties. Harry immediately established himself as a classic dirtbag. He states that men and women can never be friends and this establishes the entire premise of the movie
0: can a man say a woman is a tractor without it being a come-on? All right, all right. Let's just say, just for the sake uh-huh. of argument, that it was a come-on. What do you want me to do about it? I take it back, okay? I take it back. You can't take it back. Why not? Because it's already out there. Oh, geez, what are we supposed to do? Call the cops? It's already out there. Just let it lie, okay? Great, let it lie. That's my policy. That's what I always say. Let it lie. Want to spend the night in a motel? See what I did? I didn't let it lie. Harry. I said I would and then I didn't. Harry. I went the other way. Harry. What?
1: Sally turns out to be high maintenance and we just see him make a pastor and they have to survive the uncomfortable 18 hour trip from Chicago to New York. They end up by Washington Square Park and go their separate ways. Cue to five years later and Sally is making it with her boyfriend Joe, played by the son of President Gerald Ford. Harry sees them but recognizes only Joe. Then on the plane, they realize they know each other. Again, they go their separate ways. Another five years pass and they run into each other in a bookstore. Sally is with her hopelessly single friend Marie, played by the beloved Carrie Fisher. The two reconnect again and find out that each other is now single. They start to hang out, spending a lot of time together and nights talking on the phone. They took this from Rob Reiner's life when he was going through a divorce. He would spend the nights talking to friends on the phone to get him through his despair. At a New Year's Eve party, Harry and Sally discover they are attracted to each other, but they try to squash it. They do this by trying to set each other up with their friends. It's their friends that end up getting together and eventually marry. Then Harry and Sally hook up when he tries to comfort her. This blows up in their faces and they realize they've ruined the friendship. Sally avoids Harry until they have to confront each other at Marie's wedding.
0: have you been? Fine. Are you seeing anybody? Harry. What? I don't want to talk about this. Why not? I don't want to talk about it. Why can't we get past this? I mean, are we going to carry this thing around forever? Forever? It just happened. It happened three weeks ago. You know how a year to a person is like seven years to a dog? Yes. Is one of us supposed to be a dog in this scenario? Yes. Who is the dog? You are i am i am the dog Mm -hmm. i am the dog i i don't see that harry if anybody is the dog you are the dog you want to act like what happened didn't mean anything i'm not saying it didn't mean anything i am saying why does it have to mean everything because it does and you should know that better than anybody because the minute that it happens you walk right out the door i didn't walk out no sprinted is more like it we both agreed it was a mistake the worst mistake i ever made
1: So all looks lost until Harry professes his love to her at a New Year's Eve party and they live happily ever after. Fun fact, probably the fact of the podcast, the first draft of the script didn't have them getting together at all. So how did this movie come together? When Harry met Sally really is the tale of Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron. Reiner as mentioned was going through a divorce and this is reflected in the hopelessness and depression of Harry. Sally is a combination of Ephron and friends of hers that also were experiencing the same issues with singleness. The two met to hash out the idea for this movie and most of what you see are the same words and situations that happened to them. If you've ever watched the DVD commentary for this movie, you get great insights into how this came together. Bringing in Billy Crystal was instrumental in the movie's direction as he helped to shape more of the tone and comedy. He also added a lot to the scenes and this and his brilliant improvising helped create the movie we now love. They also interspersed the movie with couples telling their own love stories. I always thought these were genuine couples, but they were actually actors telling real life stories. These actors perfectly captured the awkwardness and unnaturalness that comes from real people speaking on camera. And one of the ladies, the only one who doesn't speak, is actually the actress who played Michael Scott's Nana in that episode when he's trying to set up the Michael Scott paper company. As mentioned this movie is also a love letter to new york and they based the film there i love that it features all the different seasons i also love that it doesn't use all the cliche locations we expect with the new york city based movie reiner said that he believed woody allen had covered every inch of the city and he didn't want to film in locations that allen had already captured before billy crystal came on board they offered the role of harry to tom cruise Michael Keaton, Richard Dreyfuss, Tom Hanks obviously, and Albert Brooks. Brooks also made comparisons to Woody Allen and thought it would be too similar to his work. For the role of Sally, Reiner originally wanted Susan Day who starred in the Partridge family. Before Meg Ryan came on they also considered Molly Ringwald who we could also see working too. So before we get into some behind the scenes things let's take a quick break. So there are some great behind-the-scenes facts in When Harry Met Sally, and most of them involve Billy Crystal. Here are some cool things you may or may not have known about the movie. The first is the famous scene in Cat's Delicatessen, which has become an iconic film moment. The idea to set it in a public setting was Meg Ryan's. Rob Reiner's mother performed the famous line, I'll have what she's having, but it was Billy Crystal that came up with that line on the spot, and then they decided to use it in the movie, and it became one of the funniest of all time.
0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple.
1: There's an actual easter egg in this movie. In the scene where Harry is sitting in the bookstore reading by himself, he's reading the book Misery by Stephen King. This was the next project that Reiner would work on, and he planted this little clue in the film. Now let's look at another great improv scene.
0: I have decided that for the rest of the day, we are going to talk like this. Like this? No, please. Please. To repeat after me, pepper, 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 pepper. <laughs> pepper, waiter, there is too much pepper on my paprikash. Waiter, <laughs> waiter there, there is, is too much, much pepper. pepper on my paprikash. On my paprikash. But I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. <laughs> oh, no. But I would but, be proud. But I would be proud to partake. To partake of your pecan. Pie. Of your peek and pie. pecan pie. 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 pie.
1: <laughs> that entire scene completely improvised on the spot by Billy Crystal. And Meg Ryan knew to just roll with his spontaneity. If you go back and watch this scene, you'll actually see her look off camera to Reiner to wonder if she should keep going with it. And those laughs you hear are actual Meg Ryan laughs. So the original title was going to be called How They Met. Another fact, Billy Crystal kept himself separate from the cast and crew to get in the mode of feeling isolated and alone. Another one, that four-way telephone scene, that awesome back-and-forth kind of like watching a play, took over 50 takes until they got a usable one. The Pictionary scene and the end interview with Harry and Sally, again, completely improvised on the spot. So when you go back and watch this movie, if you haven't seen it for a while, Remember that probably half of what you're seeing was never written and is happening in real time in front of you. Here's a bizarre one, but this movie has been noted as driving more people to drink bottled water. This really wasn't a thing in the late 80s, but you'll notice that Sally is always caring and drinking from bottled water. Meg Ryan was a huge influence on a lot of people. Just her style, her persona, everything. So when people were watching the character of Sally drinking from the water bottle, they just started doing it. And water bottle sales drove through the roof. Next, let's look at the importance of the soundtrack to When Harry Met Sally. It had to be you
0: It had to be you I wandered around And finally found the somebody who Could make me be true Could make me be blue Or even be glad Just to be sad Thinking of you
1: We now all know the great Harry Connick Jr., but this wasn't the case in 1989. This blew my mind, but he was only 20 years old when he was brought in to create the music for the movie. A friend of Reiner's is the one who recommended him. This film makes great use of big band swinging jazz, which creates an upbeat atmosphere throughout most of the film. Harry Connick Jr. was also used because of his unique voice. Not only did he have incredible musical ability, but Reiner thought he sounded like Frank Sinatra. The film also made use of classic American standards sung by Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, Sinatra, and Bing Crosby. It's not that some of these standards hadn't been used before in rom-coms, but When Harry Met Sally used them in a way that real comedies hadn't before. Again, these types of songs are now go-to choices for romantic comedies, and they have their roots in this film. This song, It Had To Be You, is the cornerstone of the movie and is woven throughout the entire film. Some other popular hits in the movie include Love Is Here To Stay, Don't Get Around Much Anymore, Autumn In New York, Let's Call The Whole Thing Off, Another fun fact: the soundtrack ended up hitting number one on the Billboard Jazz charts. When Harry Met Sally came out on July 14th, 1989, and it was a gigantic hit. Columbia Pictures was so sure they had a hit on their hands that they slowly released it, knowing that word of mouth is going to help in its success. And it did. The movie was a critical hit and audiences ate it up. On just a budget of $16 million, when Harry Met Sally made nearly $100 million. Converted for today, that's more than $205 million. This was pretty shocking for the movie industry that a romantic comedy could bring in this type of money. When Harry Met Sally was technically more of a comedy than a rom-com, as that word wasn't necessarily part of the public lexicon yet. They established this sort of high-maintenance, difficult girl, and the idea of the transitional boyfriend-girlfriend that other movies and TV series have adopted. Countless films and shows have used this premise ever since, along with using that very similar soundtrack. Here's just a few. You've got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle, Forget Paris, a super unknown and underrated rom-com also starring Billy Crystal. Watch this thing if you can track it down. My Best Friend's Wedding, The Wedding Planner, Made in Manhattan, pretty much everything on the Hallmark Channel, While You Were Sleeping, Bridget Jones's Diary, Notting Hill, 51st States, The Proposal, Always Be My Maybe. That's just a small sampling of movies. But we can also feel the impact of When Harry Met Sally throughout shows like Sex and the City, even the first few seasons of Seinfeld. This movie works and it's lasted because the main ideas are timeless. Men and women will always have issues with how they relate. Every generation will wonder if they can just be friends and there will always be the issues of sex getting in the way. Reiner states that they also focused the movie on how friendship needs to be at the core of a genuine relationship. Again, these issues will always remain and that's what makes this film so timeless. You could play this movie 200 years from now and these issues will still be dealt with even if we're living underwater or on the moon. You could play this 300 years ago, and it's still the same issues. It's as contemporary as contemporary can be. And the only thing that dates it is the hairstyles and lack of cell phones. When Harry Met Sally has cemented itself as not just a great rom-com, but an important Hollywood film. It shows up on countless top 10 lists for not just rom-coms, but comedies. And it helped to cement a new and incredibly lucrative genre of film. So let's finish it there. I hope you like this look back on a sort of valentines themed episode. And a movie, like I said, even if you don't like rom-coms, It's important to look at how important specific movies are just when it comes to the entertainment industry and how powerful this one was and how it changed and shaped the future of other productions. So I always find these really interesting. And again, it's an amazing movie. If for anything, just to watch how amazing Billy Crystal is, in case you've forgotten. So thanks for spending the time here. And I wanted to finish with, and if you're in a position to do so, if you want to look at supporting this show through Patreon, and that is the platform to support these small independent shows for as little as a few dollars a month the difference is you get different audio rewards and there are different tiers and on my platform say at the boba fett level you get access to the everything 80s movie club where i review all the good the bad and the ugly of 1980s movies and we also share i'll put up old saturday morning cartoons or commercials you may be forgotten about or behind the scenes movie stuff all sorts of things so if you're interested you can go to patreon.com slash 80s patreo com slash eight zero or wherever you're listening to this on there should be a link in the description or the show notes that'll take you right there okay that's it for me i'll be back soon with a new episode don't you dare miss it